Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we've got a special guest co-host, Fred from New York City, and we're going to talk about riding life's waves. Now, the longer you walk this earth, I think the more you recognize that that both good things and not so good things, and sometimes not so good things turn out to be very good things in the end, but we have to adjust. We have to adjust to change. And one thing is always constant is that things change. Things break. Things get old. Uh, things leave. Things come back. Things are born. You know, life is all about change. And riding life's waves can be such a challenge for most people. But we have come up with the help of some great speakers, great authors, and great guests some really good ideas on how to navigate these changes and manage these changes so we can sail through them and ride life's waves rather than get bowled over by them. What do you say, Linda? No, I agree 100%. Um, we always say that, you know, we are our own worst enemy. And if we learn how to, you know, stay in a good place, then a lot of these things won't be as devastating to us <laughs> as they are when we're, we're fighting it. Um, because, you know, life is um, life is going to happen. Uh, now, what are you going to do about it? Uh, and if you if you're calm, if you're cool, if you're collected, if you understand, if you're conscious, we talk about that word a lot. Then it becomes a lot easier to navigate. And yeah, we want to ride the waves because you know we're here to do that, um, and we don't want to keep having the waves knock us knock us down and make it forever hard to get up. So. Yeah, that's what we want to learn. How do we how do we just ride that wave and, you know, look at life as one beautiful adventure and and go from there. I'm going to go over to Fred from New York City. Fred, you have an interesting perspective on life's waves and and how you've changed in the past couple of years. And I guess, you know, it's probably been always a part of you, but you've really adopted some new practices recently. I'd like to talk about those if you will. Sure. I find that if you can look at signs to feel where you really are when things are going well, uh, then when things uh, get tough, you're not reacting to them. So an example might be, I think I might have shared with you, I was going to sit in the park and drink my iced tea in the sun before uh, before after the gym the other day and I went to go sit in an empty seat and uh, this woman 
just uh, snapped on me with swearing, uh, cursing, um, you know, how dare you take my F and C, didn't you F and C my... And I just... I just turned to her and I really looked in her face. And I don't know why I didn't just back away. Usually I might just walk away. But for some reason, I thought I would be better off not walking away. I wasn't really thinking. I put my hands together and I just kept bowing to her. And I kept saying, I kept saying, bless your heart. Bless your heart. She was cursing at me. This is at a big public park in front of a fountain. And finally, she just shifted. And I, I clearly she was mentally ill or she was having an extraordinarily bad day. But once she shifted, she apologized and she knocked over a tea and she apologized and she handed it back to me. Then I turned around and walked away and I sat somewhere else. And ordinarily I wouldn't engage in that, but because my back was turned <laughs> and I didn't see it coming, um, I really was kind of cornered and I couldn't walk away. So I didn't. But I didn't meet her where she was. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she was, you know, she was just filled with bad energy or whatever. All of the issues that she was having personally, she was, you know, just she was just raging and wanted to pass them off to you. It's like a football and you didn't want to pick up the football. So, uh, yeah, I completely, I completely understand that. But what about if, uh, you know, if somebody is, you know, um, something happened to a, you know, one of your children or you were diagnosed with a bad disease or, God forbid, you know, you're in Puerto Rico and you're, you're devastated because the whole country is without electricity and your house was washed away and, and you're just standing there and you don't know what the heck to do. How do you stay, how do you ride the wave when it, when it, it's something that's really bad that's happening to you personally. Anybody? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Sean. Did you have a? Well, I do. I like to. I like to step back and not feel anything. And you know, it, when you can shut your emotions down for a little bit, you can kind of look around at the scene. And you know, Linda helped me with this languaging. You know, to watch it like a movie. When I was in some contentious positions in the courthouse uh, with my divorce and it was really overwhelming. I just kind of shut off that side of myself so that I could just observe. I could just watch what's going around me. And I, you know, watch the attorneys yelling at each other, watching the judge so frustrated with all these papers. And I started seeing them all in a different light. I started to see them as people doing the best they could, you know, handling what they could. And I realized if I had thrown myself into that fray or got involved in all that drama, you know, I would have been swept away too. And I know it's really tough. I've been through an earthquake. I've been through a tornado, you know, really frightening experiences, but I found that if I can retreat into that place, it's a lot less painful or frightening than to go in with all that emotion. 
you know what I this has been helpful for me um, and I you know hopefully it'll be helpful for somebody else no matter what's what's being thrown at you whatever life has you know put in front of you I'm looking at it these days as almost like a blessing it's a test how are you going to react and the way you react is going to determine a whole bunch of other things so I'm very careful to see you know my reactions and i and and my conscious reactions i'm i'm not going to the automatic response that i usually would go to but now i'm really thinking about it in a different way because i think no matter what life throws at us it's a learning experience for us to you know to to elevate our consciousness to become to be become better to become happier to to just look at life as 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 an exciting adventure um, that we're we're privileged to be part of. I don't know if that sounds Pollyanna, think? but no, I think it's great. I think if you know, it's it's easier for me to be in my happy place when I'm rested and not hungry. And, you know, no one's coming at me. But if I can practice being in a higher place when things are good, when other things come, I don't have to react to them as much anymore. So if you think of that as maturity and how much do you think of it as it is choice? Because in my 20s, I don't know if I would have had the self-control, you know, and now that I'm older and I've kind of walked around the block a little bit, you know, how much is maturity and how much is choice, do you think? I don't think it's maturity at all. I think it's awareness. Maybe awareness is maturity to you. But I, I, I had aspects of where I was, where I am now. But now I live in a place. I live in a very different place uh, in myself. So I don't have to react to things because I, I realized what people are doing is they're just reflecting where they are. So I don't have to walk around being affected by where other people are. I can walk around with my intentions and what I want to create and enjoy my day. So no matter what comes, I'm still in my space. You know, I'd like to take, I'd like to talk more about that. I need to take us to commercial break shortly. Um, but where you are is not what you're talking about physical being. You're talking about where you are on your path, where you are on your, where you are on your what? Uh, think of myself as on a dimmer switch, right? When I'm hungry, tired, and cranky, my light switch is low. When I'm rested, full-fed, um, got a little, like, savings in the bank, it's easy for my dimmer switch to be up, right? But what about learning how to work that regardless of if there's a tornado or regardless of if there's, uh, you know, a lot of savings in the bank? So it not it? It's like it's... Your dimmer switch is like your consciousness. So the the yes. higher your consciousness consciousness can be, the the more you're going to be able to life to to ride life's wave and not be affected by every little thing that happens to you as much. Is is that kind of right? Yes, or yeah. even the big things. Yeah. Sure. I mean, and we're all human. So you know, when I was locked in my house with the 
dog and friends when Sandy came and there yeah. was white caps in the street downstairs. It wasn't that that wasn't difficult. You know, I was good for like three or four days with no flushing toilets and no running water. And uh, but and I do we do have our limits. And I realized, wow, you know what? And I'm watching all this other stuff on the news. And I realized, why didn't I just leave? We have a great sponsor today on Powered Up Talk Radio, Organifi. And you can go to Organifi.com to get 20% off your order with code POWEREDUP. Organifi is an organic superfood company that I love and use daily. From their plant-based vitamin-packed protein powder to their green juice, red juice, I get what I need every day without the mess of a juicer, the time it takes to shop, chop, and clean the fruits and veggies, and most importantly, I have the confidence that I know what is going into my body and I'm getting what I need. See, I'm a soul-supporting single mom who cares for my 84-year-old dad and my two teen and preteen sons. I'm busy. See, I don't need to thrive. I have to thrive. Because on top of that, I own and run my own business that supports us. Talk about stress. I need these powerful nutrients, antioxidants, and immune-boosting herbs, along with my protein, vitamins, and minerals to knock it out of the park every day, each day. Because if I go down, we all go down. And that's not happening on my watch. And taste, gee, with all the goodness for my body, I don't really care. But I was really surprised to find out how good this stuff is. What a bonus. Try it for yourself and see how you feel. That's Organifi.com to get 20% off your order with code POWEREDUP. Organifi.com, code POWEREDUP. I'm going to take us to commercial break. We're visiting today with Fred from New York City. This is Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin on Powered Up Talk Radio. When we come back, we'll talk more about these concepts of where you are in life, not who you are and what you do, and how to ride life's wave by sitting in the seat. We'll be back after the break. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner do you need more laughter and less loudness more self-love and less self-loathing more joy and less judgment you're not alone come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We are saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. It's words you never heard. Man cannot live by bread alone. He must have his peanut butter. Peanut butter is a pate of childhood, and it's not just for kids as dogs love it too. Last night I gave my dog a pill hidden in peanut butter. What's a word for a messy concoction that helps the medicine go down? Sliver sauce. Mice apparently prefer peanut butter to cheese when it comes to luring them into the trap. 
But there are even more practical uses for peanut butter. Peanut butter contains natural oils, which makes it perfect for removing all kinds of sticky things, like gum stuck in your shoe or in your hair. What's a word for the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? Arachnophobia. And according to Barry Goldwater, if you don't mind smelling like peanut butter for two or three days, peanut butter is a darn good shaving cream. It's words you never I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we're visiting with Fred from New York City. And when we went to commercial break, we were talking a little bit about the path, you know, like where you are on the path or where you are in your life. And, you know, we're not talking about economics or or status or education levels. We're talking about where you are in whatever it is you're working out. And Fred, you shared with something on the break that I would love to bring for our listeners today about you know, just a very simple uh, illustration of walking down the street and what it looks like uh, in in the way that you have found a lot of peace and happiness in your life. Well, an example of being in my space, whether it's with my dog or, you know, if someone's running at you, uh, you see them running down the su- sidewalk toward you, and let's say they have a big knife or or something, I. You know, when I was younger, I might have, you know, got guarded and put up my arms and stood my ground. And and now if you look ahead, you see that coming. You just, you know, cross the street. You know, I don't need to participate in that anymore. And it doesn't uh, it doesn't pull me in the way it used to. And it doesn't devalue me by not participating in where somebody else is. You know, I'm not a professional. I can't help that person. Or I'm not uh, an EMS or a, you know, an ambulance driver. Yes, I can stop and I can call 911. And, but I see the difference between being like, like 20 in your 20s versus now. I don't know. Maybe it is just wisdom. But I think if it's, if it's more as... Um, realizing maybe it's less ego or realizing I don't have to participate. It's actually a choice. And just because you can see where someone is, that doesn't mean that's where you are or what you need to co-create with them. Well, and I think that gets down to that core element of, you know, why are we here? What is our purpose? Is our purpose, you know, to save everybody on the planet, to run around and rescue, you know, every dog under the sun? I mean, you know, all these things have crossed my mind over the years. But I think I know as I've gotten older, I know after I've gotten, you know, you know, walked through a lot of life's changes, I found that asking myself, like, is this what I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to engage with this person? Am I supposed to engage in this situation? And is this really about me? You know, we talked about this last week, Linda, on the show about what is our role in some of this. And when we practice 
kind of what I call loving non-engagement. You know, I can be loving to my kids and supporting to my kids, but I don't have to engage in their drama and their battles. And, you know, that was something I struggled with for, you know, a good couple months to figure out, you know, where is the line between non-engaging, engaging, loving, supporting, you know, all of those things got mixed up in my head, but it's really quite simple. You can just ask yourself, is this about me? Is this something I should be doing? And taking that split second to think about it, I think makes all the difference. What do you think, Linda? No, absolutely. And, you know, all our shows, I mean, they all come down to a core. We've had shows on letting go and we've had shows on knowing when to walk away. And, um, if it hasn't, it, you know, we say, is this mine? If it's not yours, then it's, again, it's a choice. Do you want to engage and, and have that bad energy coming back to you and affect your day? Or do you just want to, you know, n- not? I mean, I think it's self-protection. I think, you know, being in your good place, if we want to just call it a good place of the seat, um, I think is really, really the most important thing. So we have got enough things that are going to come directly at us. I don't think we have to pick up on other people's um, lessons because we've got enough of our own. And, Sandra, you did that this summer because you told me a story about being on the lake and what you would have done before, and, and some kids were water skiing without vests or something, and you, you said, this is what I would have done before, but now I did that. Do you just want to share that quick story? Yeah, it was it was a very simple thing. I, I grew up on a country lake, and, you know, there's always knuckleheads that come in, and they don't practice water safety, and I was a lifeguard for many years, so I can tend to be a water Nazi. You know, I don't want anybody to drown, and, you know, the old Sandra would have you know, run out there, you know, made sure everybody was safe, you know, taken charge of the situation, controlled everything. And, you know, instead I called the local sheriff, I, I called him on his boat and said, hey, come on, you got some some people down here. They, they don't know water safety. Somebody's getting really hurt. And I left it at that because I'm not responsible for everyone, but I used to have this kind of earth mother fantasy that I was supposed to be responsible for everyone and everything. And there were other parents in the boat. So um, it was interesting to me that I engaged, but I engaged in a very limited way. I didn't let it ruin my afternoon. I didn't go and have conflict, which I don't like to have. And I thought I handled it in a way that was really good for me. And then I let it go. And that was very different than, you know, the old, San, who would have put on her hero cape and gone out and, you know, saved the world. Yeah, exactly. But at great personal expense. Yes. And so, you know, I again, I don't know if it's age, if it's life experience, um, but, you know, the more that you engage, I mean, not everybody, you know, some people just go looking for trouble. I like to avoid it. But, you know, I, I, I don't want to get involved in, in, in people's conflict. As I said, I've got enough of my own, and I have to learn how to control my emotion and my control issues so that, um, that I can be happier and um, be honored. That's a full-time job. <laughs> You know, today, because we know we're doing this renovation, I'll probably be talking about it for the, for the next month, but, you know, some people came up to move some furniture because everything is going to have to be moved around, and my husband had the people in our building, uh, like doormen, come up and move some furniture, and you know what? Normally, I would be there directing, no, don't put this there, don't put that there, and I would get all, 
huffy and schmuffy. And you know what I did? I went into my room. I shut the door. I held my dog. And then I came out when they left, and he was happy, and I was happy. There was no conflict. And everything gets done. Everything got done, and, and you didn't have got to done. be tied up in a knot about it. That's right. great. Right. Yeah, so we're learning. Great. You know, we're, we're, we're all works in progress, but holy cow. I mean, you have to learn from your past experiences um, that, you know, certain things work for you and certain things don't. And just because, you, you know, you think that, you know, you're going to control everything, inside you're churning, you're unhappy. We've talked about this a lot on the shows. It just isn't worth it. Sometimes you just have to let it go. Happiness. Well, and I think asking yourself certain questions, you know, I live with my 84-year-old dad, and then I have a 14-year-old and 11-year-old, and everybody is pitching in. And this has been a little struggle for me because they pitch in in ways I wouldn't. And I have to stop myself and say, San, what's more important, how it got done or that it got done? You know, like I don't do the laundry the way my dad and my dad taught my kids a certain way. Drives me bananas if I have to watch it. So like you, I just go in the other room because I think we get a lot of attachment to the process, the way things are done. And that's our ego. And when we can step aside and go, what's more important, that the dishes were done or that the dishes were done the way you wanted? And, you know, that was something that I, I still struggle with and is a challenge for me on the, a regular basis. What are some of the things that challenge you, Fred? Well, luckily, I, I, uh, I have a really big family, but I do spend a lot of time alone. I live alone. So... What's challenging is big events, you know, big family events like a uh, holiday and who's coming and who isn't. And since the holidays are, you know, before you blink, they're going to be here. I think that's it, you know, but on a, on a daily basis, you know, it's uh, my dog's behavior reacting to maybe a pet-friendly building where other animals aren't as well-behaved. So I'm dealing with people that whose dogs are home alone all day and might be barking. So how do I set a boundary, you know, to not allow my dog to behave a certain way when there might be a dog down the hall that barks for eight hours? So what do I do? You know, how do I help myself and the dog down the hall? And I could, you know, call the building people and they could write them up. And But instead, I print out this citronella <laughs> spray collar. And if a dog's barking for two hours, I don't even tell them it's from me. I just write on it, this helps. And I write the time that the dog barked and I tape it to their door. And probably half the people uh, in the building now have these spray collars. And there wasn't a, a formal uh, ruling that you need to do this. I just thought, wow, if, if I leave and this dog down the hall is barking, it's really at some point, you know, it's going to upset my dog. So that's kind of like your version in the boat. You call somebody and then you let it go. But if I have to put that up and tape it to their door for three weeks in a row for every day, I'm going to do it because that's my reacting to it, but without leaving my seat. 
Right. I think, you know, it's, it's that, it's that, how do you still walk this earth, do what you need to do and handle situations, you know, cause you can't just avoid them. You can't just block them out of your mind. I mean, you can, but then like in the case of the lifeguard or the, the case of the boating people, like if there had been an accident or a death, I wouldn't want to live with that guilt. So, but I think it's like, it reminds me of driving you guys. You know, I always use the phrase to my kids, you know, everybody's got to stay in their own lane. You know, we just, we all have our destination to get to. We got to stay in our lane. And yes, there are times we need to work together, but more often than not, staying in your own lane really eases a lot of situations then you know we have social media today we have smartphones and you know good bad or indifferent you know they do allow us to have more interaction in a digital way with other people i mean you can't turn on the news without seeing you know citizen reporters everywhere and we're looking at everything seeing everything so i think mastering the art of where you are staying in your lane doing what you can do and asking yourself is this really about me? Is this something I need to do? If so, how can I do it in a way that preserves me is a really healthy way to look at things. We're visiting today with Fred from New York City and Linda Franklin. We'll be back after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is This is D.V. Kidd from NewsWithViews.com. My new book, Taking Politics Out of Solutions, is now available. Why is it nothing changes no matter who you vote for? My book covers the most critical issues eating this country alive, as well as the solutions that are already there that Congress and the agenda-driven media don't want you to know. From the disaster of our economy, why we will never have any economic freedom until the Fed is abolished, trade, the meltdown underway called Obamacare, the truth about Social Security and Medicare, and the fraudulent ratification of the 17th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, a very big issue that affects every American. The answers and solutions are in my book that all Americans need to read because the worst is coming at us like a freight train. To order, please call one 800 955 Zero one one six. It's Did Scotch tape originate in Scotland? Nope. The popular gift wrapping tape was actually developed right here in the United States. In 1926, the Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing Company, 3M, was being a bit rapacious, trying to save a little scratch or money, and started using a cheaper adhesive on their sticky tape. A Detroit automaker ordered some of this newer, cheaper tape to use for spray-painting auto bodies. But the automaker complained because the tape was scotch, a politically incorrect word that meant cheap or stingy. While the tape didn't have the adhesion to satisfy the automaker, it was hardly a Jifu jet. That's an unnecessary thing. It had many other uses, as we all know. So the tape was kept in production, and the name Scotch just stuck. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. 
ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and we're visiting today with Fred from New York City. And we're talking about riding life's wave. And, you know, there's there's something to be said about when the soul, when you're not paying attention to your soul purpose, your soul mission or what your soul needs to learn, it tends to pop up again and again and again until you finally say, okay, I hear you, I get it. I will make changes and, you know, then you go on and you move on to something else that pops up. Uh, Both Fred and Linda are reading Gary Zukoff's book and it talks about, is your personality serving your soul? I'm going to put the mic over to Linda. I haven't read this book, um, but I'd like to know more about the book and and what is this about, is your personality uh, serving your soul? You know, um, Fred is reading the book. I read the book many, many years ago, but I, I, I make it a habit to watch uh, Oprah on Sunday morning, her Super Soul Sunday, and, and he, was, he was on um, as a guest, and he was talking about the book because it was the 25th anniversary since he wrote the book. And he said, one of the things that he said that I wrote down because it really resonated with me, he said, you come to... to into your inner power, and that's all we, you know, we really have is our inner power. Um, anything that's external is fleeting. So we have to, the thing that, that stays with us forever is our inner power. And it says it happens when your personality comes to serve your soul. And I, you know, I, it just, I don't know, it just hit me that, you know, our personalities, maybe our personality um, until we're aware is, is run by our ego. But when we can make that shift and have our personality become our sole mission, then life would just become that much easier because there wouldn't be so much back and forth and push and shove. And that's what it meant to me. Um, and I really, you know, as I said, I, I, I heard it and, and it meant so much that I wrote it down because I wanted to discuss it on the show. Um, and you know, I can ask Fred now because he's he's in the middle of reading this book uh, probably for the <laughs> more than once. Um, wh- what does it mean to you? What, what is the title of this book? Seed of the Soul. The Seed of the Soul. Okay. Yeah, it it was a pretty it, it back in the twenty five years ago when he first wrote it. It was it was really um, a pretty popular book, and of course he was on Oprah you know a gazillion times, so that even made it more popular. And she said to him, she said, "You were." probably the most instrumental person, and your book was the most instrumental in making me um, do what I do and then even establishing my own network because it meant so much. It changed my life. Wow. So, so coming from Oprah, I mean, you know, how many books has she read in her life? That was, that was pretty special. So, so back to personality um, that, that's serving the soul. Fred, what does that mean to you? Oh, I think if you kind of pull the curtain back a little bit, it goes back to what we were saying before about the waves. Yep. And whether I uh, stand on the sidewalk and, and, and block somebody or charge somebody that's charging at me or whether I just uh, cross the street, you know, you choose to be right or you choose to be happy. So I think... Uh, when it comes to what we're talking about with the book, I think it comes down to that for me uh, about being, you know, I don't need to be right anymore. Mm. Uh, I, it's not, 
if someone has a a viewpoint, I'm open to listen to it, but I don't need to change their viewpoint. Uh, I don't need to agree with them or have them agree with me. We can agree to disagree, and I think that warrants my uh, happy place, and that's less than the... I guess it's less than the personality. But it's just as exciting because you can tell me your beliefs about a situation or how you would react to a situation and I can listen to it and take it in or not. And it's okay. Do you know what I'm thinking as I'm listening to you? Because it's right. You want to be right or you want to be happy. I think the personality, which is driven by the ego, wants to be right. The soul wants to be happy. And the yes. more the more we can give in to that, and and because the soul wants us to be happy, and and learn our lesson, that's I think that's the difference. The soul wants that's us ex- to be happy, and it's it's not about ego. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about uh, being happy, and the personality is about I'm right, I'm right, you're wrong. That's that's ego driven. I you know maybe we solve the mystery, Sandra. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I always relate this to kind of what goes on in my household. And I, I say to my kids, you know, because they're at that really obnoxious age. You want to talk about, you know, having <laughs> to stay in the seat. I got a teenager and a preteen boys who always have to be right. And with the advent of Google, you know, Google's like, you know, the, the, the delineator, whatever <laughs> Google says, you know, oh, Google's right. You see, it's here on Google. So I'm right and you're wrong. Um, and I know that there's a natural power struggle between boys, maybe between all men, but it's funny for me to watch these things. Cause I'll say to them, you guys want to be right. Or do you want to be in a relationship? Do you want to be right? Or do you want to like each other? Like, and then I find myself saying, who cares? Like you can both look at the sky. And if I ask my boys, what color is the sky? One will say light blue. One will say like ocean blue and they'll give me, and they're both right. And the other thing I've noticed about this stuff, and, you know, I think it's funny to to watch over time, you know, when you're raising kids, it's it's like your own personal TV channel, if you let it. What they believe at 10 o'clock in the morning may not believe at 2 o'clock. And I may believe them at 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and then have another opinion at 4 o'clock. And when we think about most of the things we say, first of all, who cares? Second of all... It doesn't matter. And third, it's probably going to change in two hours anyway. So why are we arguing, fighting, looking up on Google, you know, whether it's 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 blue sky blue, you know, cotton candy blue or ocean blue. It doesn't matter. And we spend all this time being right. And when we do that, we alienate each other. You know, I don't want to talk to Fred if he has to be right all the time. I don't want to talk to Linda if she has to be right all the time because then there's no room for me and there's no room for growth and there's no room for understanding. And so that whole concept of right, I just throw it out the window because one of the things I've also learned, guys, is I worked in tech for 25 years. There is no right. There is no figuring out. There is no final answer in 99% of the stuff we do. Tomorrow, there's going to be something new and better. Tomorrow, there's going to be a new line of code, a new program, a new whatever, a new app. Disruptive technologies come forward. So 
that concept of right, I think we, we have to leave that be. Yeah. Yeah, that's my right soapbox. I'm right. I'm right. No, it's great because it's where, right? It's where you are. When when you need to be right, that's where you are. And if you don't need to be right, that's being somewhere else. You are somewhere else. And I'd much rather be in the place where I don't need to be right and still have my own beliefs. And and it's hard being right. Go ahead. Because right is like a right is very controlling, isn't it? We have to be right. I have to be right. I have to argue with you. I have to bring you over to. It's I mean, all it's, ego. It's all, all, ego. all ego and all control. Right? And any time yeah. you're in a controlling situation where you're thinking that you have to control everything, it's very. I mean, if you stop and you just see how you're feeling and what's going on in your head, you say, "Oh my God." This is ridiculous. I need to go back to my happy place because this place is hurting me. I'm doing it to myself. You know, let me give up control. Let me, I don't have to be right. I just need to be happy. I mean, honest to God, it's that simple. <laughs> yeah, it is for me. I mean, that's like, go back to the, the crazy woman in the park on the bench. Of course I was right. This is a public park, and she's yelling at me, this is my bench, you effing this, you effing that. And, uh, you know, it's not. It's a public park, and she wasn't standing there. But it didn't matter. Did I want to be right and claim my space on this public park or bench or go sit somewhere else and enjoy a different view? Like, so, you know, I kind of did both. But you know what? Now it's really playing out every day um, on the news because of, of what's going on in Washington about, you know, the NFL players and, and giving, you know, doing the knee and, and all of this and, you know, st- and, and statues in the park. I mean, they're all diversions of, of what's really yeah. going on. But it's like people take sides. I'm right. I'm you're right. And they're, and they're playing it out in the news, in the media. So you know what? People think it's okay that you know this is this is the way it should be, and my God, that's so far from the from the truth. That's so off center that it's you know it, it's it's kind of tragic that it it's playing it's out like that. Or them. or it can be good because maybe people realize the stupidity of it all and say, boy, m- let me take a look at my stuff and what's going on with me. If if my life is working out like like that with, with you know all of this conflict back and forth maybe i better change it <laughs> i don't know it's just it's just all over it's just like you know the things that happen over one weekend wouldn't it, it, it it's it's like overwhelming um so you really do have to stay in your happy place because otherwise you get drawn into all of this nonsense that does absolutely nothing for you you agree san Well, I think it goes even deeper in that because, you know, there's a cost to be right. There's a cost to to some of the behaviors that we do. And, you know, I like to look at things and go, if we talk about right or talk about opinion, like, you know, if I stand up and I beat my chest and I pound my opinion into the people around me, what do I win? Yeah, I get the satisfaction of everybody knows how I feel and how I think and what's important to me. But what do I lose? 
do I lose friendships? Do I lose respect? Do I lose, you know, there's, there's a, it's a cost. There's a cost to these behaviors. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have discussions about race and about inequality and about unfairness, but they have to be anchored in respect. And that's one of the things with, you know, what we're talking about when you want to be right, you have to evaluate the cost. What is the cost to me being right right now? Because a lot of times you feel like you won, but you lost more than you could ever imagine. And when I see some of these things up here, I look at the 7% down now in the NFL and, you know, we see AV go out and stand up and If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Do you ever get nervous riding in an elevator because you're afraid the cable might snap? It's entered my mind more than once. According to Elevator World magazine, on the rare occasion a cable breaks, the car won't hunge plunge to the bottom. This is because elevators have as many as 10 cables holding them up, each capable of supporting a fully loaded car. Sometimes I feel a little mischievous in elevators. Next time you're feeling like a rapscallion, try one of these little jokes. When there's only one other person in the elevator, tap them on the shoulder and then pretend it wasn't you. Push one of the buttons and pretend it gave you a shock. Or maybe start a sing-along. What's a word for a person who thinks he's funny but no one else does? Vitzel souped. I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin and Fred from New York City, and we are talking about riding life's waves and how do you best navigate choppy seas. Now, we're in a society right now that is rife with choppy seas. You don't have to do much today to see North Korea, Trump, the administration, the NFL players. Do we stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight? I feel like I should get my pom-poms out and, you know, cheer every side. But 
one of the things that I noticed when I stay in my lane, when I just am responsible for who and what and how I want to show up every day, and I evaluate the cost of being right, what am I going to gain? What am I going to lose? It's almost like the Wizard of Oz when the curtain is drawn back and you see, you know, that the the wizard and he's He's blowing smoke and he's turning the dials and everything is frightening and frightening. But at the end of the day, he's just an unhappy little old man behind the curtain. But we all drank the Kool-Aid. We all bought into it. And I see it with our leadership today. I see it with, um, you know, I think of, of the Pittsburgh Steelers coach, you know, who does he think he is having, you know, people sit in the locker room for his agenda or making politics about football like they did not stay in their lane and you know the football player that stood out and exercised his right he stayed in his lane evaluated the cost who knows he could lose a million dollar or ten million dollar contract but we can't just react we can't just blow up because we feel something and we also when we stay in our lane we can see the magic we can see the sparkle dust and the unicorns and ponies running around over here while the bombs explode over there but everybody's so busy fighting over stand up sit down fight 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 nobody's paying attention and it's almost like when my kids want something I got one in the kitchen creating a diversionary tactic while the other one watches something naughty on TV, and then they switch. (laughs) Yeah, but it's true. And you know what we do as a society um, and what we do as individuals is we like to focus on other people's issues because it's a lot easier talking about, looking at, being on the side of something that doesn't involve us because then we don't have to reflect on ourselves. So it's it's a diversion. The whole thing is a diversion, but it's a diversion for us uh, so that we, we don't have the time to focus on, on what's good for us because we're, we're so busy looking at the television and all the other stuff that's going on so quickly that, you know, there is, there's no time to work on our own stuff because we're so busy in everybody else's. Well, but there's people who live their lives and there's people who live their lives on the couch. That was one of the reasons that, you know, I got divorced among many is that, you know, my ex-husband made choices that I wouldn't choose. And the friends that we, we hung with weren't people that I would choose. And I didn't stay in my lane. I hopped right into his lane and, mm-hmm. and you know, made those mistakes. And now when I when I choose to get together with people, and this happened, this is just really funny. I'm sorry. I thought it was hilarious. There's a TV show that everybody was watching in my living room, and I had some of the parents over that I may or may not have aligned with if we all hadn't been in sports together. And everybody was there stuffing, 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 stuffing chips, stuffing cheese, stuffing pizza. And they started talking about the Miss America, the pageants, the she's too thin, she's too fat. And I thought, this is insane. Like, you're on the couch doing nothing. At least these girls are doing something. And everybody's talking about whether they're too fat, too thin. And, you know, there's like pizza and chips and soda. I mean, (laughs) it was like, you know, diabetes blew up in there. And 
you know, we don't watch our own behaviors when we're focused on everybody else and what they're doing and what the Kardashian ass size is of the day. I mean, we have real problems in this country that we need to solve and they're not going to be solved by watching TV, eating chips and debating somebody's bra size. No, it's a diversion. Stay in your lane, focus on your stuff. That's, an, that's enough of a problem just to, to, to focus on your own stuff and work on your own thing so that you can be happy and stay out of everybody else's business. That's my advice. What do you say, Fred? I agree. I think well, our culture gets very distracted on diversions. I mean, you know, if you pull the curtain back, like your eye scenario, you know, even to go to a big picture, right? Where if you look at you know, uh, the administration's mishaps with their personal emails now or their their uh, rhetoric with taunting North Korea. If you see the diversions with the transgender in the army or, you know, the, the NFL kneel down, don't kneel down, you can see how everything's lined up and how they just use other issues to shift and divert. And that's what we do within ourselves, right? Yeah. That's what you're saying. Like you can be in your house, you have all these amazing kids there and athletes and you could be talking about uniforms and and goals and their fitness drills and instead they're, they're you know, stuffing everything in and focused on what are they doing? They're diverting, they're diverting themselves on looking at you know, somebody else's, you know, bra size or, or you know, uh, their makeup, you know. It's our culture. Well, and I- what's nice about your show is you look beyond that. You look at the essence of where somebody is, not what they're reacting to. Right. Yeah, it's really important. Well, in some of these these principles, you know, I, I, you know, Fred, Linda and I talk a lot about, you know, kind of principles and, and, you know, things that I learned. And, you know, one of the things that I learned as a little girl and I grew up in a rural farming community and this was 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 rampant, you know, good fences make good neighbors. And, you know, that's kind of a lot along alignment with, you know, staying in your own lane. And, you know, Robert Frost coined it. Um, but it really is true when we are voyeuristic on TV and watching, you know, reality TV and people's homes and fighting, we're really not making good neighbors. You know, those, those boundaries that, that culturally we had in other generations, um, allow us to really get lost because Benjamin Franklin said, uh, love your neighbor, but don't pull down your hedge. Basically, Everybody kind of has to stay in their place. And then we get too involved in the neighbors. We get too involved in people's stuff. We're not focusing on ourselves and what we need to do. And then you've got these cars driving all over the freeway and they're going to crash. And when crashes happen, we have conflict. We have drama. We have chaos because we're not staying in our own lane. Well, I have a question for you. So these people were at your house stuffing their faces and criticizing the beautiful girls on, on television. So how did that make you feel? And would you allow that to happen again? 
Well, I didn't. I put a stop to it, and everybody made fun of me because I brought out my crown. And I said to everybody, you know, you can make fun of them all you want, but you have no idea how difficult it is to stand up there and have everybody watching you rip you apart and examine every little nook and cranny from your personality to your fanny. And I went in my office, and I came out with my crown, and I said, you know, you guys don't know this about me, but here's my crown. I won, and I know what it's like, and I know how difficult it is. And all you guys are here sitting, eating at this table, and not one of you would stand up there in a bikini. So it really bothers me, and we're going to change this conversation. Now, I'm sure they're not going to want to come back, and I know one of the dads took a picture of me and my crown. But the fact of the matter is, at least these girls were out trying to do something. They were clear about what they were doing. They weren't sitting in the cheap seats, you know, throwing pot shots. And so... I think it's really important that whatever you do, you own it. But if you're not going to own it, then to me, that was a hill I was willing to die on. Okay. And you want to be in the arena. You don't want to be, as you said, in the cheap seats because this is your life. So, you know, take some, take some chances, take some risks, do something that, that makes you happy um, and don't worry about what the, what the next guy is going to think uh, about you. And, and, you know, the neighbors, especially in a small community, they're all in each other's business. And, you know, they, don't, they, they, they all want to go as a group because nobody wants to stand out. And you did. You came out in your crown. And I don't know what the reaction was, but um, you made a statement, and they knew where you stood. Right, and it was something. Awesome. That's awesome <laughs> what you did. It was something I was, you know, I evaluated because I really did stand there for a little bit going, how am I going to handle this? What am I going to do? Because the reaction was to scream, shut up, you know, stop stuffing yourselves and making fun of these women. But I didn't, you know, and I had to slow down enough, though, to to handle it the way I wanted to handle it. Well, bravo. And it made you happy, right? It did, and I'm glad, you know, and if they post my picture on Facebook as an old woman in a crown, then so be it, because it was all about owning what was important to me and evaluating the cost of opening my mouth. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> Everyone should have a crown. And, and that's about riding life's wave. Right. And you didn't and fall off Eddie, your board. That's right. And if any of them have the strength you have and integrity, they would love to be around you just because of what you did. Yes, exactly. And anyone of substance, if I was there, I would have called you up the next day and asked you out for coffee. No. <laughs> or tea or yeah. cheese and chips, whatever you, we wanted to eat. That wasn't the point. The point right. is of what you did and where you were when you did it. That's awesome. Yes. Well, thank you. Okay, you guys. So I'm going to wrap it up here. We are here today on Powered Up Talk Radio with Fred from New York City and Linda Franklin. And I encourage you guys to go back in time and embrace the concept that good fences make good neighbors. And when you stand up and you open your mouth, evaluate the cost because there is a cost to being right. There is a cost to speaking up. And there are times that we should be willing and able and happy to pay that cost. But slowing it down, asking yourself a few questions can also create a greater happiness for you, your family, your friends, and everybody you're involved with. We'll be back again next week.
We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and prom- 